Hey, Valley fans, you're listening to the March to the Arch podcast. Is your team going to win? Make some noise! This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast in this 2022-2023 Missouri Valley Conference season. On today's episode, it is still preview season where we are going to break down the Indiana State Sycamores, the Missouri State Bears, and the Bradley Braves. Along the way, we're going to pepper in some audio from Media Day that me and Baker did when we were down in St. Louis uh, for some of these teams, and then also just some overall content that we grabbed, so make sure you're listening along with that. But before we get to all this great preseason content, how are we doing today, Baker? We're doing good, Vance. It's a uh, it's it's a fun time of year. It's uh, starting to get a little bit chilly out, but like it's night. If you're a fall weather fan, this is uh, this is the right time of year for you. It is, and it's a uh, you know a kind of interesting time of year for you and uh, kind of what your the family business, right? Yeah, yeah. So we uh, on the side, I uh, we we do uh, my family farms. So on the side, on the weekends, I uh, go back home and uh, help my dad out on the farm. So um, a, a funny story. So we. The other day when uh, this would have been uh, when we're recording this about a week and a half ago, when I sent out a tweet, like I usually send out a tweet, just, you know, happy harvest, whatever, um, show a picture of my dad on the combine just to kind of, um, you know, get, get the people going. Cause we, I'm sure we have a few listeners out there in the, in the combine, the tractor, but uh, funny thing about the picture I sent out. So I sent a picture of my dad out in the middle of the field, combining his beans were like, Within 10 minutes of that, there was like a little bit of a snafu with the bean head on his tractor and the whole thing, not the whole thing, but like the part in the middle set on fire. And so we had a fire in the middle of the field and my dad in the middle of the field, I'm just sitting back waiting in the tractor to have him fill the wagon so I could take him to the grain elevator. And I'm oblivious to what's going on that he's out in the middle of the field. He's waving at me. I'm just looking. I wave back at him, just thinking, "Hey, everything's fine, Dad. I can't see the fire." And so I just wave back. I'm like, "Oh, hey, how's it going, Dad? Everything's good." And he's like, "I think he's yelling at me, but I'm like, I don't. I'll, if he needed me, he'll come over. I'll call my cell phone." He didn't call me. So then he comes back over. He looks at me, giving me like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "What happened?" He goes, "There's a fire." And I was like, "Oh God." He goes, "I was like, everybody okay?" He goes, "Well." All I know is that our fire extinguisher on the combine works. So that's all that matters. So yeah, we had uh, we had a, he had a little bit of a uh, little firefighting experience out there in the middle of the field. But um, just a shout out to all the farmers out there listening, because I'm sure we have a few out in with the area that we cover here in the Missouri Valley. So happy harvest, everybody! Stay safe and uh, avoid any fires on your combines. Absolutely. Um, and then yeah. one thing I do want to kick it over to you. We do have a little bit of news to talk about here in the Valley is we, we normally don't have a ton of news here during these preview episodes, but some not so fun news, Vance, uh, I'll let you kick that off. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you follow along on Twitter and, you know, in, in tune with some of the Missouri Valley conference, you know, that one of our own um, art Haynes is battling some uh, medical conditions right now. Um, you know, just kind of some, you know, not normal, uh, medical condition here for art. So, you know, if you're so inclined, you know, definitely keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, also, you know, we'll tweet this out with the podcast, but there is a GoFundMe on behalf of art. Um, yeah. Once again, if you don't know art, he is the voice of the Missouri state bears. He calls both football and basketball. So a long time, um, you know, sportscaster for Missouri state and just one of those, 
Valley legends. And, you know, when you think Missouri State Bears, you think Art Haynes. And so, you know, once again, you know, if, if that's your thing, please keep um, him in your thoughts and, and prayers. And then obviously uh, there's some monetary options to uh, support his family in their time of need. But, you know, I think it uh, goes without saying that all of us Missouri Valley Conference friends are pulling for your art and uh, get well soon. Yeah, thoughts and prayers to Art, his uh, friends and family. Uh, definitely encourage you guys to go check out his GoFundMe. Um, looks like they're they got a goal and everything. They're they're trying to earn some money. So um, hopefully you guys participate in that as well if you can. Um, but like I said, thoughts and prayers to Art and his friends and family going through this tough time right now. All right, Valley fans, let's start off this preview episode with the Indiana State Sycamores. This is the second season under head coach Josh Schertz um, at Indiana State. The Sycamores um, were 11-20 and 20 last year um, in Josh's first year at the helm. Uh, they were 4-14 four and 14 in Missouri Valley Conference play and finished ninth in the regular season. You know, yes, they were uh, 11 and 20, but 11 of those losses were in single digits. Baker, take us through uh, kind of offseason and some of the roster changes for the Sycamores. Before we kick it off um, with going forward, was there a team that had worse luck at times during the season last year when it comes to people being in and out of the lineup with Indiana State? I mean, like, felt like they were at the top. I think I saw a stat, and I don't know if it was on one of the, the preseason you know, articles or whatever, but like they almost led the nation with like different starting lineups and lineups on the court. And I mean, if I remember right, didn't they travel to an away game with like seven roster players? Northern Iowa, when they played and they went to overtime. Yeah. I mean, and, just absolutely yeah. unfair. The, um, you know, kind of the, the off the court things that, that happened from illness, COVID, you know, players being out. I mean, just an unreal season. And, and you know what? The thing that people don't, people don't for, remember about this team they lost Tyreek Key before they even tipped off. Yeah. I mean, people pe people don't even realize Tyreek Key was actually on that team last year, but you didn't ever saw the floor. So um, as we move into kind of a segue into uh, key departures this year, we get, you know, losing Tyreek Key, obviously, at the top, going to Tennessee, who wasn't a factor last year, but still someone that we are losing. Uh, Will Barr, Micah Thomas, a couple of guys that, um, uh, at least on the departure list, that are really uh, – really decent contributors from last year. But um, Vance, looking at this team coming into the season, uh, whew, this is going to be, this is going to be an interesting team. This is one of those teams that played on Thursday last year, who were at the bottom of the league that could really make the biggest jump this year. You have, um, I think the, I think when you start talking about Indiana state, you have to go with Cooper niece. How good was he last year, Vance at times when he had all those big games where he, you know, he was putting up 30 points a half, half a dozen times. Um, last year he had nights where he was just almost unstoppable. Um, and then kind of combine that with Cam Henry, who was also, he, he had a few inconsistent moments at times, but I think you saw the potential of what he really can be when he gets rolling. I mean, he's one of the most dynamic players, I think in the Valley, um, guy like Calix Stevens, Xavier Bledson, um, Julian Larry. I, I think that this has to be the year for him. I know we've been kind of always talking about what, when the when is going to be the breakout for Julian Larry guy that we've been talking about for years on Indiana State, but um, this I think is kind of his opportunity. He is he is the he is the point guard of this team, and he is going to kind of run through him. I think, uh, but when you look at their starting five, Vance, there's not a lot of teams in the valley that have a better starting five than the trees. No, and in a league with such good one-two punches, um, you know, in the league whether it's you know Damas Jones, um, you know, for Southern, you know, when you put 
Cooper Neese and Cam Henry and that one-two punch, they're just as good as I think some of the others out there. Averaging 30 points a game between the two of them. That's just, I mean, that's a lot of points. They, they're they returning a lot of points. And that's, I think, the one key thing is, especially with a guy like Josh Schertz, who's trying to get that kind of up-tempo offense, he's able to bring it back. And now he doesn't have to start from scratch. He's actually got an establishment ready to go. Um, you know, Corvassier McCauley is a guy that a lot of people are excited about coming from over from DePaul. He started a couple times for the Blue Demons. Uh, he's a guy who I think can step in and, and, provide some big minutes especially off the bench early on for indiana state and then another guy that i want to mention hey, um, hey real Mitch- quick I, let me let me jump in here real quick on Converse because there's a really fun fact here yes he came from depaul but his first season uh was actually at lincoln memorial under coach shirts so there is some connection there that it's not just some transfer from depaul this is someone who is ingrained in the shirts way yeah no doubt about it and, and we've and we've seen that with other guys that have uh or who are actually so I think that that's a that's a really great point you bring up. I'm glad you did because having someone who's coming in that's a really good profile transfer from the Big East that's going to be be able to come in and understand the style. But I did want to mention Jason Kent coming into the team from Bradley. Um, he's kind of uh, he he had some inconsistent moments at Bradley. I think having a new a new scene for him is going to be a good thing, a new uh, destination, if you will. Um, he had a lot of inconsistent moments, but he did show signs where. Um, I mean, he can play. There was there were some games that he could. I think even two years ago was when I really thought about it. it was um, when Bradley had so many guys out, he came in and actually was kind of relied upon to play some big minutes, and you could kind of see the potential with him. So, I, I wonder if maybe Josh Shirts can unlock something with uh, with Jason Kent that you know maybe we didn't we haven't seen for him. But I think it's a good thing for him. Yep, I'm with you there. Um, you know, I, I think their transfers are, are are really interesting. I didn't know if there's anyone you were going to jump down, but you know, there's. I mean, Josh kind of knows the D2 way. You, you've got a couple, um, you know, D2 transfers that are going to come in and, and potentially get in uh, minutes. You know, Trenton Gibson, he's coming in from Tuscolum, um, and then uh, Cade McKnight coming over from Tr- uh, Truman State, too, that um, could make an impact uh, this season. Yeah, no doubt about it. I know there's also another uh, Mason Miller uh, also from Truman State as well. So um, those are guys we don't know a ton about yet, but um, guys that coach shirts, you can definitely tell when we've talked to him in the past, um, guys he's really excited about. So if you look at this team on paper, Vance, it's they're going to be a really tough out, especially right away, because they're not. there's not going to be a lot of uh, growing pains, I don't think especially a lot of these Valley teams are going to have where, you know, you're bringing in new starters and, and new major contributors. It's not as much with this team. And I don't think the growing pains will be there. And I expect them to get off to a pretty good start this season in the non-conference. I do too. And maybe let's go into the non-conference here real quick. Um, they've got, you know, a slew of, of Mac teams. They've got Green Bay and Ball State to start uh, the season. And then they've got Miami, Mohawk. Miami of Ohio, another Mac school. Uh, they're they're in the Gulf Coast Showcase. Um, they they start off with Eastern Carolina out of the American, um, and then you know it, it's a it's a mid major heavy um, showcase or MTE uh, for that one. Yeah, looking at their non conference, it's not good. This is pretty terrible. But um, on the flip side, I think you know their Gulf Coast Showcase is a tournament that I think that they can win. Vance, I think it's mm-hmm. going to be a um, it's a tournament you should go and go three and zero. Quite frankly, there's not a game on their non-conference. I think North Dakota State and Duquesne would probably be the two that I would circle from a non-conference perspective that I'd be wondering about. But 
I don't see a game on there that I wouldn't favor the Sycamores in uh, non-conference wise. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. And there's there's an interesting storyline with at Southern Indiana, and I believe this is um, Southern Indiana's first year uh, D1. And so they're going to Southern Indiana, uh, I believe. And so just from uh, when you think about recruiting in the, in the landscape um, in, you know, kind of Southern Indiana um, and, you know, just the state, you know, this, this game could mean ramifications uh, <laughs> later on, just an interesting uh, storyline. But I think you alluded to it. Um, this is a team that could get picked on the bottom half. They're going to be right at that, you know, six, seven in my mind um, mm-hmm. in the preseason rankings. But this is a team that I would not be surprised if they finish like, way higher and I don't know what your question is going to be the usually you kind of put me on the the hot seat with a couple questions but you know I I wouldn't be surprised if you know we're looking at their game in that last Saturday uh, I guess it's Sunday this year um, of the season yeah I think the potential for this team is definitely to avoid that uh, avoid the Thursday game for sure but um, wait hold on I I just remember a conversation we had that we told each other to remind each other this is the one team that they have the highest floor and the what is it the, the lowest highest, floor and the highest ceiling. Lowest, yeah yeah i remember i was like hey baker remind me for this for recording <laughs> and so uh, yeah i yes this is this is that team that i could easily see um finishing in the top three i could definitely see that as a realistic possibility and i can also see realistically them finishing in the bottom four so um i think that as we kind of segue toward the end of this uh, the two big major things, as I always put together kind of our toughest stretch in MVC play, and for Indiana State, they could not have asked for a harder two games to smack right dab in the middle of their non-conference. Uh, they host Drake, and then they go to Carbondale to play the Salukis. Uh, Vance, I to me, that's the toughest stretch for them in MVC play, which is crazy to think it's before the real meat of the season starts, but um, – you have a there. I think that that you're going to learn a lot about Indiana State. Can they get one of those? Because those are probably going to be two games that, um, I would say that they're probably not going to be favored in either game. Yeah. And but I think that they're both winnable games. I don't. I wouldn't nope. be shocked if they went two and zero or zero and two or one and one. I I don't. I don't know what we're going to see. And I think that we're going to learn a lot about uh, Indiana State in that stretch. But um, moving to kind of the overarching idea, we talked about them, the high ceiling, low floor for this team. Right now, the over-under, I have them personally at 10.5 wins. Vance, where do you have the Sycamores finishing? Um, I think they're a a big underdog uh, this year. Um, And so I'm going to go over. I've got some pretty high expectations for Indiana State because, um, you know, I'm a big fan of the – um, new coaches doing well in their first season. And I kind of give uh, shirts a, this is season one, a, because of how many uh, injuries and COVID issues uh, they had last season. I think they're going to exceed expectations. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I actually, I'm, I'm with you on the over. I think that they're probably an 11 or 12 win team here in the Valley. Um, but I think with, with as competitive as the middle of the Valley is, especially, I mean, you have the top three teams that we'll talk about later, but we, how competitive that pack of five teams in the middle is, you know, this team finishing 500, it's, it's, it might not be a failure either. You know, this is, this might yep. be, that might be where it's at. So um, I think it is going to be, it, it's for a lot of those teams, it's going to be tough to get double digits wins, no matter what, there's going to be one of those teams that's not going to get there. So um, overall though, I think that um, I think it's safe to say you and I are both pretty positive toward Indiana state this year that, um, you know, they can be a really compelling team. 
Yep, I think this is one of those teams that if you're in Valley Circle, no, you're not in Valley Circles. You're talking to some just casual college basketball fans, and if you can just you know drop it in an Indiana State and be on the lookout for them, uh, it's going to show that you uh, pay attention to to Valley Hoops. In my opinion, this is the team that if you want to show a little bit of uh, Valley acumen, this is going to be one to to share with your friends to look out for. No doubt about it. This has been the Indiana State Sycamores. All right, Valley fans, we are joined by Coach Schertz of the Indiana State Sycamores. Coach, this is kind of the unofficial start of the season where you get to be media day, see all the other coaches, all the players. Uh, how's things been going today for you, and is this kind of, is that kind of how it is for you to start the season? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always cool to get around, you know, the other coaches, players. I mean, it's uh, this event, you know, just um, obviously didn't do it last year with, with COVID and everything like that, but it's just uh, probably a, just a reminder, I guess, of just how cool it is to be a part of this league and uh, how special it is. It was a big reason. Um, you know, I was at a place you know, for 13 years I loved, and the big reason why I left LMU uh, to come to the United States was because of the Missouri Valley and the conference and, and how much respect I have for it. I, I would say, you know, fans probably, you know, they, they know how good it is, but like coaches revere this league. And, uh, and so just to be here, be at Bumstead, and kind of be a part of this is, is pretty cool. No doubt about it. So for your team this season, you guys, uh, I would say, more expectations this year from your team because, you know, uh, looking at the roster, looking at the guys, you have come back quite the group for Indiana State. Um, where are you, have your expectations changed as we've kind of made our way here into the first uh, couple of weeks of fall semester? Yeah, I mean, I think we have a group. I mean, last year I think we were just kind of starting from ground zero, um, you know, uh, brand new team. Uh, we had, you know, a couple guys come from LMU, but those guys had never been through the Valley. Uh, and then we had a couple guys, uh, Tyree came back, Coop came back. But they had never played for me, so there was that, you know. And then, and then obviously, um, you know, I thought we had a chance to be okay. And then, obviously, losing Tyreek week for the season wasn't ideal. And so, and then we just had a myriad of injuries after that. Uh, you know, Coop missed five games, Henry missed five games, and really our whole team was just, you know, we had just injury after injury. So um, it, it was it was a tough year. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, expectations outside are higher. I think internally, I mean, I think I think we have a chance. You know, we always talk about. Um, you know, just, just trying to maximize this group, you know, touch our ceiling and wherever that takes, it takes us. But, um, you know, we're not going to put any ceilings on. I mean, we want to, we want to, you know, be back here in March. We want to be the last team standing. And, you know, I mean, we're not going to put any, any ceilings on it. I mean, we have, we have, uh, you know, seven of our top eight scorers back from last year. We brought in a really good recruiting class and, um, you know, we know how difficult this league is, how many great teams and coaches there are, but, you know, if you're going to do something, you know, it only makes sense to, you know, try to be the best at it, you know, and then so to say, ah, oh, we want to finish the pack or whatever, I mean, you know, we're going to do it to try to, to do it the best of our abilities, but, um, you know, it's, it's the expectations are, I guess, outside higher, but certainly we, I, I feel uh, really, really good about this team and, and, and the kind of talent, depth, and character of the group, and, and so excited to, to, to get on this journey. The last one for me, I, I know a lot of Sycamore fans are probably wondering where you are in the process for this season. Um, what's the next month or so like as you guys get ready to things off in November? Well, now you're just, you know, you're kind of getting your ramp up in. I mean, you know, we're, we're kind of getting into the point of, uh, you know, we, we've got a lot of, obviously, your foundational stuff in, you know, summer and, and here in the preseason. But now uh, you can kind of get more work in. I think it starts next week where the, the hours go up to 20 hours a week. So you can get more into the nuances. You know, you start really getting into your playbook and really getting into different coverages. And you start really getting, I guess, more like esoteric granular in, in, in like, you know, what you're doing. So when you do get out, you know, in, into the first scrimmage, which, you know, those secret scrimmages happen in really kind of October, the end of October, 
then your you know, and then your exhibition game, which crosses over first, and then really trying to get where, where you have enough in to be ready to roll for us November 7th against Wisconsin Green Bay. So, um, you know, we got one more week really to kind of crank up here this, this what we call our preseason work. And then it's right into that 20-hour week uh, a lot, and starting I think uh, next Monday. So um, excited about that, and, and uh, they've been they've been fantastic all summer, all preseason. And uh, but I think everybody's ready to get um, shackles off and get to the you know the, the 20 hours a week as opposed to the eight hours a week that we've been kind of the constraints we've been under. No doubt about it. Well, best of luck this season, and hope uh, hopefully see uh, you down the road. Sounds great. Appreciate you. Moving along to the Missouri State Bears, this is head coach Dana Ford's fifth season at the Missouri State. Uh, last season in the 21-22 season, they were 23-11 and overall, 13-5 and in Missouri Valley Conference. They finished second in the Missouri Valley Conference. And in the postseason, uh, they got to the NIT first round. Baker, um, what's going on with the Bears this year? We've got quite a few new faces. Yeah, you know what? Before we go, if you look at last year's season with what they had, they went to an NIT as well, lost that game against Oklahoma. Um, You know, finished second in the league. We're a really competitive team, but they lost that Saturday in St. Louis again. Would you say last year was a successful season, or what would you characterize that as from kind of a neutral perspective? Um, I think they had the most talent of any team and did not execute to win a championship or obviously in San. I mean, you had Isaiah Mosley and Gage Prim and uh, didn't win the regular season or uh, Arch Madness. And then, you, you know, I know you're an eight seed in the NIT playing the one seed Oklahoma, but I mean, you got doubled up. I mean, it was, it was a double digit loss. And so I just, and they weren't all competitive in that game that wasn't as close that was the score is actually closer than what that game was if you remember yep and so it just it left a really bitter taste in my mouth and that's kind of a reoccurring thought um when we talk about the bears yeah no it kind of felt incomplete last year i think that there were a lot of they lost uh i think if you look at their non-conference last year you know, they had that loss against SEMO to start the year, which everybody was like, oh, boy, here we go. And then the East Tennessee State loss, a couple of really close games that they lost. They lost that game at Illinois State as well. Um, and so they didn't start off with as quickly as I think that we were all hoping for. But um, that was then. This is now we are going into a brand-new season and a brand-new Bears because uh, whew, they are losing quite a few folks. Uh, Mosley, Prim, Black, Manette, uh Patterson, Sharp, Haney, Harvey or Hervey and Tata. That's a, that's a list right there, Vance. Um, and quite a few guys that uh, were really important uh, to this team, especially a couple first team, all MVCs, but um, hey, I want to no. know who do they, Oh, is that um, which coach of theirs went to Northwestern state because they got three of them. Yeah. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, You'll think of it. You'll think of it when we're midway through this this preview. But um, yes, uh, Jamonta Black, uh, Demarcus Sharp, and Isaac Haney all went to Northwestern State. And uh, for those Redbird fans out there, we have a home and home with them in the middle of the non conference. So uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get real acquainted with them again, uh, real fast. So uh, just heading into their roster, though, this is an interesting group. Um, obviously. Donovan Clay is going to be the one that's going to stand out to Valley fans first and foremost. 
um, not necessarily as their best player, but as someone who they're familiar with, obviously with his time at Valpo and then last year with Missouri State. So he is actually coming back this year uh, to kind of be that veteran presence for Missouri State. And, you know, we, we talked to him at, uh, at Media Day, Vance. He was uh, – he was very much embracing the role as kind of the new leader of this team, especially with guys like Mosley and Prim leaving, leaving the, leaving the team. Yeah, he really did. And I mean, if you look at their projected starting lineup, I mean, they have eight transfers coming in. So he is the lone kind of Ranger that is going to have to anchor this starting lineup that has some floor experience in a bears Jersey. Right. Um, Dawson Carper really, Dawson Carper really didn't get his opportunity with a guy like Gage Prim in front of him. Right, exactly. So, um, you know, really looking I, – I, and I think he's going to embrace it. I think he wants to be one of the – like when you think Missouri Valley and you think of the top players, like Donovan Clay is, wants to be there, and I think he's put in the work to do it. So, um, you know, I, I his his approach to it, being on two Valley teams, you know, in the what, the three seasons that he um, – has or four seasons he's been around um, coming from Valpo, I, I think he's ready to take that lead as one of the – one of those guys you have to circle on the scouting list because he's going to be a problem. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. He can do it on both ends of the floor for sure. Uh, looking up and down this roster, I know Dawson Carper, a guy I just mentioned, uh, 6'11 forward, guy that you probably didn't see a whole lot last year because Gage Prim logs so many minutes inside for this team, but finally gets his his opportunity in his final year of eligibility. So I'll be really excited to see what Dawson has to uh has to give in in his own role. But uh, looking at some of these transfers, I know the guy that comes out and stands out to everybody is Brian Trimble. He's a guy coming over from Akron, over 10 points a game. He's a guy who I would think is going to be, um, if we're looking at this roster as a guy who might be on preseason all-conference for maybe a second or third team, I think he would be the name that, I would, that would stand out, especially on paper. Um, hopefully that translates really well. Uh, Kendall Moore, a guy from Colorado State, six and a half points a game there. Uh, Matthew Lee, uh, St. Peter's transfer, who that that's a theme here in the Missouri Valley. We have a couple of those. Um, he's definitely a guy that can shoot from the outside. He was six and a half points a game for St. Peter's. Uh, it's really good looking at this lineup with Kendall Moore, Brian Trimble, having a guy like Matthew Lee in that starting five, which we expect him to start, uh, that can really spread you out a little bit and shoot the ball is going to be something I think, I think Dana Ford's team is really going to need especially because, you know, if you look at some of the other guys, like a guy like Clay and a guy like Harper, they're not going to – they're probably not going to shoot a lot from the outside. Um, yeah. And I don't know if that's the other two guys' game as well. So um, having a guy like that as your shooter is huge. One thing to note here, just on the transfers, when you think of transfers coming in, you think of just new faces and maybe not much experience. So I do want to point out for the Bears fans, um, you know, and, and maybe some of the upside here, uh, for Missouri State is that, I mean, Matthew uh, Lee out of St. Peter's, Kendall Moore out of Colorado State, and then Trimble um, from Akron. Those are starters for those teams. Right. And so there is a lot of minutes out there that they have Division One experience, um, which, you know, in a Missouri State or just, you know, in a, in a Missouri Valley perspective, you know, you're getting some transfers from some higher profile teams uh, or starters from those teams coming to Missouri State. Good sign. And also, you're getting some of the significant players with Trimble, you know, from Akron, which, you know, I think the Valley is better than the MAC. And so, you know, when you get those type of transfers into your program, it's a good sign that 
jump and the gelling uh, won't take as long than a total rebuild with, you know, people with or players with no court presence. Yeah, no doubt. That's a, that's a great point. Um, at, at rounding out the roster, I just want to mention four more transfers coming in. Uh, Chance Moore is coming over from Arkansas. Uh, Alston Mason from Oklahoma. Uh, we have James Graham from Maryland. And we have Dalen uh, Rignall coming over from Georgia. So you have four guys right there coming over from power six schools here. Um, both, none of which were real big contributors at the power six level, but maybe taking a step back on, um, here in the Missouri Valley conference, maybe they can be, uh, you know, get things back on track for themselves and, and be those big time contributors here in the Valley. But, um, I think anytime you have guys coming from the big schools, uh, your ears instantly perk up as maybe you found that diamond in the rough that, you know, maybe this school, uh, in the big 10 or the sec didn't didn't quite realize what they had with this guy and uh, he can come in and make an impact, but just rounding out the roster, Vance, this is going to be a tough team just to, I think the, the I think it's going to be tough for Dana, especially at the beginning of the season as to how is he going to make things gel? Because I think that mm-hmm. that's the most important thing is, um, and I think it's, you know, I think that part of making this work with this brand new roster is getting off to a good start when we get to the non-conference. Yeah, and and that's been somewhat of the mo with um, you know Missouri State with uh, roster turnover in years past. You know, the year that they were picked first and finished fifth. You know, they on paper they looked awesome, right? Yep. And that's what everyone was ranking them off of. So um, I like the balance this year. Just back to my point of you've got some experienced uh, non-power five transfers, and then we'll call them half of them are. Uh, pedigree players. So you come from programs with a, with a high degree of pedigree that uh, potentially got recruited over or, you know, wanted to go to some of their higher programs and realize their minutes were going to dwindle. So they maybe mm-hmm. come back to a, a mid-major just to boost their minutes and, um, you know, play through their, their college career. So I like the balance here of just the two types of transfers. If you're going to go all in like Missouri state uh, feels like they're doing this year uh, with eight transfers. No, this is and this is a theme. I think we're gonna the other MSU and the when we get to uh, them, uh, it's it's gonna be a kind of a similar situation as well. But uh, let's quickly jump into the non-conference fans. Yeah, non-conference here. Um, you know, I think we're gonna the the test early on is in their second game. They're going to BYU. Um, and never then, easy. Uh, never easy in Provo. They are heading to the Nassau Championship. Um, looks winnable. Um, uh, they a, should win this. That, that's a, I, I, I'm going to cut you off. That is a tournament that if you're Missouri state and, um, to get their confidence up as a team, I think you need to go three and zero in that tournament. Yep. Um, and then, you know, also after the Missouri Valley conference, you know, kind of, um, or mid, uh, non-con conference games. I don't know what we're going to call those. We need to get a better, better slogan there, Baker, mm-hmm. but they go to, they're at St. Mary's, um, which is another large West coast trip. Um, which I think people are, are going to be excited about um, and look for as, as a bigger name program that a Valley uh, school plays. No doubt. And they didn't have very good luck last year when they went out to St. Mary's. So uh, hopefully things change a little bit this year when they, uh, when they make that trip out as well. But yeah, like you said, not a terrible non-conference. Uh, you know, you don't have any of the power five schools on the list that you would expect, but BYU St. Mary's uh, good quality programs. I think it's a winnable, not uh, uh, MTE as well. So I don't necessarily think this is a bad thing for this team because you, I, I, I would be a little bit leery if I was going into a non-conference where they had it just absolutely loaded down. Um, yep. I think it would be a lot of. T- I think that would be a tough, 
tough stretch there for Coach Ford. But if I'm looking at the toughest stretch for them when it comes to a Missouri Valley Conference schedule standpoint, um, it's actually the same as it was from our last games one and two. Um, and you're got people are going to look and they're going to say, "Oh, UIC on the road. That's that they should win that game easily." Well, last year that team that they had on paper uh, probably shouldn't have lost in Normal Illinois in the middle of our non-conference last year, mm-hmm. uh, but they did. And when you have a two games where you're going to UIC and then you're hosting Bradley, um, I think it's a, I think it's really important for them to get on the right foot this year, uh, especially contradictory for last last year. Last year, I think that that was a that was such a crushing blow because you think about where they finished in the Valley and to lose that game in the middle of December mm-hmm. or at the beginning of December last year, that, 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 that really finished them off when it comes to winning a Missouri Valley conference uh, title in the regular season. So I think it's going to be really important for Dana to get the boys out on a right foot with those two games. Any, any other stretch in the Valley that you look at as, as tough out there, Vance, I know there's, there's obviously those, those, those tough games that they're not going to be able to avoid, uh, this year, but to me, I think that that them starting out good is important. I, I agree, and just you know, one thing to note with them uh, with that UIC game on why it could be kind of a trip up game is that's coming right off their trip to Nassau. I mean, yep. so you got travel. Um, you would have had just played three games in three days, um, and then three days later, you're you're starting whatever the conference play is. Um, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I'm with you. They, they do have a stretch, another one that I do want to, an honorable mention. They do have a stretch where they uh, host the sick, they start, host the Sycamores, they go to Drake, and then they host the Salukis in a three game stretch where that's kind of right in the meat of Valley schedule time. So uh, that's also not going to be an easy stretch for this team as well. But yeah. um, Missouri hey, State. Hey Baker, I got I to gotta point this out just because I feel sure. like the fans like some of the, the behind the scenes uh, banter that me and you have maybe off the air. So I'm going to give them a little on air banter. Um, and it's really uh, Baker, uh, you know, flipped it to me and said, "Hey, is there anything about the non or the conference schedule? You know, any stretch there?" Well, um, you know, God love Baker. He makes he makes great, um, you know, kind of spreadsheets. Keeps track of some stats for us. Well, there's a tab in this uh, uh, worksheet that we work from, <laughs> and it is the Valley Schedule Matrix is the name of it, and it has all of the the Valley schedule out there. But let's just say it's color-coded by um, the team colors. And I just flipped to it when he tried to flip it to me. And I almost had a seizure, Baker. Um, the color scheme on this thing. You're so one, kind. Top-notch color scheme. <laughs> but once again, might have a seizure looking at this thing. So, um, yeah, just you know, a little behind-the-scenes action there for the, for the listeners there. You're the worst. The absolute worst. <laughs> All right. <laughs> back, to, back to the Bears. Um, all right, the over-under I have set for the Missouri State Bears this year is nine and a half. Do the Bears get to 500, Vance? I think they're going to be picked um, definitely top half of the Valley, uh, maybe name and town alone. Um, I'm going under. I'm not – like – and I'm probably – this is the one that I'm going to say is I'm, I'm the most unsure about and most likely to get wrong if I was going to bet on my own bets. Um, I just – with roster turnover and just some precedents um, with Missouri State, I'm not very high on them. Yeah, I, that's and that's totally fair. I think this is going to be one. Of, this is one of the tough ones to uh, call. I, I think it's one of those teams that if you said that they were over by a couple of games, even if they're an 11, 12 minute team, I don't really think you can make a good argument either way. Like, yeah, I don't think you can get mad if you say one way or the other. Um, I probably would lean under as well, but. 
I think they're going to be they're going to be a tough team all year. I think it's incumbent on Dana Ford to really bring this team together because um, this is probably going to be the most difficult stretch that he's had as a head coach here in the Valley, where he's you know he had those he had the two kind of pillars you know that he had, yeah. and now he doesn't, and he's got to kind of do it from scratch, except for you know a few few names that are coming back, but um, it's pretty much all from scratch, and this is going to be. Um, it's a different team. Like he even said to us when we talked to him, Vance, he, he said, this is a different team. It's it's Mm -hmm. and he, and you get the vibe that he's really excited about this group too. He's very excited about, um, I think he likes the fact that it's different because I think that it's kind of challenging for him, challenging him as an, as a coach in a different way than he never has before. I, I I do too. And I, and I got that sentiment from our conversation too. And, And maybe my last kind of parting word would be here is I think they, they will land wherever they get think that there's really not a lot for me to say they're going to overachieve or underachieve wherever they fall in that five to seven range in the Missouri Valley. No doubt about it. This has been the Missouri State Bears. Rounding out the preseason teams here, and we're going to go to the Bradley Braves out of Peoria, Illinois, playing in Carver Arena that hosts just over 11,000 fans. This is going to be Brian Wardle's eighth season with the Bradley Braves. Last year in the 21-22 season, they were 17-14 and 14 overall, 11-7 and seven in the Missouri Valley Conference play. That was good enough for fifth in the league. I would say a disappointing year for them last year, Vance. Is that, yes. how, you, is that how you'd see it? They didn't start off very good out of the gate. Um they had that. I remember that as I think it was like game three or four, whatever it was, when uh, um, Isaiah Mosley hit that there actually mm-hmm. at that yep. game. Um, you know, they had a couple of tough, tough spots. They had that Loyola loss, but they it was it was always one of those teams that it felt like they were always looking up at that top four, and they just were never going to catch them. And I think with Bradley, it's it's always interesting to look at their regular seasons when when they've had even had good teams, I know it was a three years ago or so, you know, they had a team that everybody was expecting to be really good in the Valley. I think they started off 0 and five and it's just been something weird with Bradley. I feel like if I'm, if I'm ever picking them in a, in a conference setting, I don't like them as much, but if I'm going to pick them in St. Louis, I love them. Like that's, yep. they're, they're, they're kind of, that's always kind of how they've been. Not to say that this team is the same as those, but I think it's worth bringing up, especially when you talk Bradley basketball. Yeah, I mean, if you think of last year, just their non-con early on the season, what would they, they started one and five? They went over in their MTE. Oh yeah. I mean, I was already already putting all the nails in the coffin on their season. You know, yeah. and we were six games in, and then they go on and win. I think what four in a row, three in yeah. a row, and yep. kind of turned it around. Um, and so. Yeah, this is one of those teams that, um, you know, during regular season don't really live up to expectations, but. Uh, they're they're good in three days in March uh, in St. Louis, and uh, I guess they can clip that again for another hype video if they want to. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, looking at this roster, I do think that this roster is better equipped, though, uh, especially with all that they're bringing back. If there's ever going to be a team at Bradley that's going to be more equipped uh, to do better in a regular season, it is this Bradley roster. I think this Bradley roster is really good. Um, it's a team that I think you and I both have in that second tier uh, right behind the, the the leader in the clubhouse, if you will, um, as as one of the top two or three teams here in the league, um, they are losing uh, a few guys. Jason Kent, Mikey Howell 
Ari Boya, Riley Berger, and then, of course, Terry Roberts, who's heading over to Georgia. Uh, first team All-MVC last year, newcomer of the year, all-newcomer team. Accolades for days. What I do think is good, though, if we're looking at the roster, and I think everything that's – when you look at Bradley, you got to start with rank mass fans. I think he's the best big man in the league. I've, I've, made, I've gone on record. I think you have as well. Um, that this is his team. Um, let's start there. I think that this is his team. And for me, if I'm looking at ring, if, if I'm looking at Bradley, you know, winning this league, I think rink mass has got to be your player of the year in yes. the Missouri Valley conference. If, if Bradley, and, and I, and I, I let me put this to you before we start on this conversation about rink. I do think Bradley is a team that can win this conference. Yeah. Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, I think they're going to be like, I think we say what Drake won and then Bradley SIU, 2A, 2B, um, right. and, you know, that's that's where I think it lands. Yep. But, like, when you think of building a team around a person, and maybe let's take Tucker DeVries out of the conversation, my – I want – if I'm building – if I'm making a draft in the Missouri Valley, I'm drafting a rink mass to build around because he is the most 100%. versatile big man in the league just with his post presence. Um, and then – but then also, I mean – you got to guard him at the three-point line. You can't yes. lay off him. Um, he can he can hurt you from downtown. No doubt about it. And and I think you could kind of see his game evolve last year, where he was stepping out a lot more, and he was you know showing more consistency with that outside shot. He's, I think he's become such a dangerous player and a really tough matchup for. If you look at Southern Illinois and you look at Drake, two teams that we expect to be right there with them, he is a bad matchup for both of them. Him personally. Yep. Um, especially because there's question marks inside with Southern and with Drake. So um, I think that there's there's a lot that Bradley's going to have to lean on with Rink Mast. Um, looking at the rest of the roster, um, I think a guy who is vastly underappreciated in this in this conference is Malavi Leones. Uh, I think that he has he's almost 10 points a game last year, a guy that kind of felt like he went under the radar, Vance, unless you're uh, – you know, for the for the neutrals out there, there's a kind of a guy that went under the radar because everybody's so excited about Roberts and Mast. You didn't hear a lot about Leones last year, and I think that he's he's one of those really good defenders. He's a guy who can plays both ends of the ends of the floor. He can get his own shot when he needs to. And I think that with Roberts gone, I think his his role is going to be increased a little bit. And we saw flashes of that. I don't have the stats up in front of me from last year, but I mean, he had some sneaky high score. He was the high score of the game. Like, I think he yeah. had a couple games where he, uh, you know, uh, contributed in a big way for Bradley. And, and I'm with you. He, he flew under the radar. Yeah, looking at the rest of this roster, um, Connor Hickman, a guy last year who was on all-freshman team member who was um, – I think if you looked at the all-freshman team, uh, you know, a lot of years we talked about how we, – we, we mentioned a few of the guys on the team last year that were – in a lot of years might not have been on the all freshman team. I think Connor Hickman is the, is the second player that I think him and Tucker DeVries, those were the two that in a lot of years, they'd be on this list. I think he was the other really standout freshman in the league last year. Uh, Kim going into year two. I, I, I think that he has a lot of potential. Um, Tava Nainen, Billy Tava Nainen, another guy who can shoot the ball from the outside, gives him really good minutes off the bench. I think he's another guy that we're going to be looking towards uh, as a as a really impactful player this year. Um, and then we look at some of the guys who you know a lot of fans don't necessarily know a lot about. Uh, a guy like Zeke Montgomery out of from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, he earned more minutes as the year progressed last year, um, but there's going to be a much bigger load for Zeke this year um, going into the season. And then um, 
I don't know. I guess move over to Duke Dean, a guy who's a Troy transfer coming in. Uh, he's that pure point guard that they have. He can shoot the three. I think a lot of Valley fans are going to be really. Um, I think they're going to not like him as much because he's he's a steal per game. Um, he can knock down that three. He's a really good distributor. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to give a lot of these Valley point guards fits this year. And he fits really well with this roster. He's a smaller guard, but he's going to make things a lot harder for this team for for their opponents. Yeah, I'm with you. And just to highlight uh, Zeke Montgomery, um, I think he's one. He averaged 10 minutes uh, a game last season, uh, shot almost 40% from three. I mean, he's one that's going to be battling for some of those starters minutes. And I, I'm with you. I'll see his uh, uh, his workload increase, um, especially if he shoots the three well. Yeah, no doubt about it. A couple more guys I want to mention. James Weathers, a guy who we don't know a ton about, coming over from State College of Florida. Uh, he was a top 75 JUCO player last year. He's a scorer. Um, not sure how that's going to transfer uh, onto this Bradley team, but he's a smaller guy. He's a good. He's he's from what I understand, he's a scorer. So um, it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table. Uh, Christian Davis coming over from Lemoyne uh, is another transfer, and then as well, uh, Gonar Billiou is a Des Moines Community College transfer. He was a national champion um, there as uh, on the national JUCO level. And then uh, he's also a shot blocker. He's a big guy, 6'8". I think he might be that guy who is going to kind of give relief to Rink Master, who's going to log a ton of minutes inside. But I know a lot of Bradley fans are probably throwing their phone. Like, you haven't mentioned one guy. And there is one guy that I thought we'd save for best for last, which um, Jay Sean Henry is the guy that I think um, I have the most questions about for Bradley perspective. We met, we saw him at media day. We talked to him. He's really excited to get back on the floor. He says he's healthy. Everything's good. Um, which is great. Uh, number one as a Valley fan. I know I'm an Illinois state fan, but like, take that aside. I'm unbelievably happy for the kid himself to be able to be back and playing again. That being said, I think it's only fair to ask a couple of questions with him. First off, you know, is what, what's things going to be like, is he maybe, you know, I hope it doesn't happen, but is he an injury away from this being it for him? Um, and then secondly, you know, when it comes to concussions, a lot of times you see, you know, you see these documentaries and they talk about how the lasting effects on concussions that, you know, you might not see right away, but they, they linger over time and things like that. And I hope that's not the case here, but I think it's also, you know, he hasn't played that full load. He hasn't been playing that full load in a while. So I think until we see it, we don't know what he's going to be. Am I on the right track with that, Vance? Is, is that kind of where you're at with him as well? Yeah, I mean, I think he, he's a fan favorite, and you hope he stays in the roster as long as possible. But I think any type of, um, I don't know, solid, um, you know, feelings that you might have that, you know, is, if you're expecting him to contribute big time and you're banking a lot of things on it, um, I, I think you would need to temper expectation a little bit. Yeah. And it's one of those things I hope I'm 100% wrong. Yeah, no, because, I mean, and the, and that's the thing. It's number one, can he, can he stay on the floor, which you hope he can. Everything mm-hmm. seems like he's back to what he was. So you hope that there's not a setback or anything. You know, he gets into a collision. God forbid something happened. You hope that's not the case. But then also, you know, he hasn't until we see him out there again. I know that a lot of people don't question it as much as I do. But, you know, with with all we start we've learned over years about concussions and how things can kind of progress after, you know, months after concussions when they're bad. You hope that that's not the case, but just, I think you, it's a fair question to ask. Um, is he going to be the same player? Now, if he is the same player as he was, I think that this, I think that you look at Bradley, I think it's a clear, I think it's a little bit more clear between two and three. 
I really do. And if I think if 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 Jay Sean Henry is comes back, he's playing big minutes, and he's what he was when he before he got he had the concussion issues. I think that this does change things for this Bradley team because um, adding a really good player like that is going to make them just so much more dangerous. That's fair. I mean, <laughs> I know you don't love hearing that because it's yeah, I mean, an Illinois fan. I mean, like, Baker, I don't want to hear that. I fundamentally disagree with you. Um, just, I, I think there's more upside with Southern, and you know, we've talked a little bit about depth, and we. Can I cannot to wait to, to Southern. Have the, I cannot wait to have the actual Southern Illinois versus Bradley debate with you. There we go. All right. Well, let's let's one. yeah, we'll we'll have some ample opportunity um, here moving on. But let's check out their uh, non-conference. Let's do it. Uh, I'm going to say this a couple times um, with some teams and, and one that I know and love, but uh, just overall your non-conference, if you're a home um, season ticket holder, woof, um, you might be asking for a <laughs> refund. Um, it's not good. Um, the saving grace is that you have Auburn in your Cancun challenge, your uh, MTE Auburn's probably going to be picked, you know, um, right behind Kentucky um, in the SEC. Um, and then same thing with uh, you go to Arkansas, uh, they should be in you know, the top handful of teams in the SEC. So you've got some uh, and heartbeat uh, when it comes to the non-conference schedule with those two games. But, man, there is no one coming to Carver that I'm really excited about. To me, looking at this schedule, I think that Bradley cannot afford to lose more than two games in this. And they absolutely have to get Arkansas or Auburn. One of those two, they got to have a W. And I think that that would put them in position to possibly, if they win enough games in the Valley, to be in that at-large conversation. But I think the with looking at their non-conference schedule, I mean, there's, what, seven games on there that are not real desirable. Yeah. Um, I mean, so there's going to be some 20 points. Like, you should be winning some of these games by 20. Yeah, I think that Utah State game's interesting at the beginning of the season because it's never easy to go out to Utah, especially game number two. Um, not that it's not a winnable game for them, but I think that that's going to be – I think that's one that we're going to be circling on the calendar, Vance, because I know that we've had our questions about Bradley in the past, how they've started. And I think mm-hmm. that, to me, that's a game that I look at as if they can go out there and win that game, I think it's going to be like, okay, that, that's a pretty nice win. That's I, Maybe this is different. And I think that, that we're going to learn that right away. And with a new point guard and with a lot of some a few moving pieces on the roster, that's going to – it's going to be a tough game for them. But going into the toughest stretch I have for them in the Missouri Valley Conference, um, I think you all can guess it by the way we've talked about them so far. It's game one through game seven. Um, to me, they should be the favorite to win all seven games. All mm-hmm. seven of these games, they should be favored to win. Uh, whether or not they do or they don't, is it's going to be based on what they do. And it, it's going to be a – this, this is the Bradley question. Can they get through those first games at six and one? Or the first seven games at six and one? I think that they can. I think that this team's different, um, especially after talking to the guys at Media Day. I think they kind of – I think I'm a little bit more bullish on the Braves than I was mm-hmm. before. But, Vance, I think that if they can get through that first seven games and then hit that road trip with Drake and Indiana State, you know, 6-1, and 7-0 and oh going into those games, um, I think a lot of people are going to have to be on notice because this could be a team to take the regular season title. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I mean, game one, I mean, they host Northern Iowa. I think of all the game ones out there, that's going to be the one um, that – Oh, I can't wait. Everyone will be circling. No question, no question. There's the the game one uh, between the, the Panthers and the Braves is going to be big time. But um, going into their over-under, Vance, uh, this is, is going to be a tough one, I think. Is 
we have 13 and a half wins for their over under. Where are you at with this one? Hey, I wish I knew it was going to win the Valley this year. Um, and so, <laughs> so 20 games. Ugh. It's really, when you think about some of these top tier teams, it's really how bad do you think the bottom is? It starts right. going into that one. Um, man. It's a tough one. Drake, Southern, and Bradley all can't win 14, can they? Um, let's see here. I think they can. I'll, they could all be over. I'll take over. You're going over? Okay, fair. I, I'm also on the over with them. Um, I think I think 14 wins is probably about right yeah. for this Bradley team. Um, maybe a couple more, maybe a couple less. Um, I do think that they do have a um, slightly further floor that they can drop mm-hmm. to because, you know, we saw what they were last year. And what they what they did in the regular season, they were a fifth, five seed going into Arch Madness. They had a lot of bumps along the way. Um, the question is: Is this team better than last year? And I I think that's a really I think that's a fair question. You know, you lose a guy like Terry Roberts, can you replace him? Do you have the the guys to replace him collectively? I think I think that this is a very deep team, especially if Jay Sean Henry is what Jay Sean Henry was before he had the concussion issues. Um, they have a lot of guys who can really fill it up, and this is going to be a good team. But Vance, I'll pose it to you. You know, seven seasons in, um, Brian Wardle has never been higher than a five seed at Arch Madness, and I know that's not necessarily the end of the world because they've won some Arch Madness titles. Um, but is this the Bradley team that we can finally believe in as being one of those top three teams in the Missouri Valley? Yeah, I think they're going to be. Um, you know, it's one of those teams that is always top of mind. Um, maybe it's just because of uh, some of their social media presence, but I think even with <laughs> shout um, out to Tony, I was <laughs> even with the non-con, I think there's a lot of momentum to be gained um, with this Bradley team. Yep. And I think that's been one of their um, uh, downsides in the past, but I think they've got the, the horses to get out of the gate and um, really make it an interesting non-con and then into the conference season. They've, they've always been good Vance. Like every year, they've always been a really good, tough team a tough out, but it just never seems like, unless it's, we're talking about St. Louis, which take that out of the equation because they've won titles, but like, it never feels like they've ever been complete for a whole regular season. Yep. And it feels yeah, like they've just been waiting for that, waiting for that. And I do think it's different this year, but I also think it's fair to ask the question is, you know, are you what you are? Are you what your record is? You know? Yep. So we're going to look at this 22, 23 season to see, is this the consistent Braves that can, um, hang on through a 20-game conference season. All right, this has been the Bradley Braves. All right, Valley fans, we are here with head coach Brian Mullins of the Southern Illinois Salukis. Of all the Valley coaches, um, who's your number one draft pick to be your teammate in a two-versus-two tournament? I'm thinking here. I'm thinking. Making sure I don't forget anyone. <laughs> I grew up I grew up watching two of them, so with Wardle and Lodich. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Lodich right now. I think he's in still. I, I feel like he's still. He can still play uh, a little bit. Um, trying to think, making sure I don't forget any of the new schools. Yeah, I think I'll go with Lodich. So he'd be a good noon ball uh, partner oh, yeah, on your yeah. team. I, I've heard stories that he still can play too. He can still shoot and he's still competitive in, in there. So uh, he was a hell of a player. I mean, he had an unbelievable high school career, college career. Uh, 
as the Brian, but uh, yeah, for sure. Do you think when we ask them, are you going to be the number one pick? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that'll be interesting. Let me know. Get back okay, to you. Okay, I'll get back to you. Hey, once again, Coach Brian Mullins at the Southern Illinois Salukis. All right, Valley fans, we're here with head coach Darren DeVries of the Drake Bulldogs here at Media Day. Who's your number one pick out of the Missouri Valley head coaches? Probably going to go with Warden. All right. We've got some good size, got, uh, you know, some experience in Division One. Like, um, seems like he's in pretty good shape still. So, with that, yeah, then we're going to go with Brian. How are you going to contribute in that tournament? I'm not going to do it. I'm a spot-up shooter, you know. So he's going to have to defend, rebound, create. I'm, I'm going to stand in the corner. <laughs> All right, Valley fans, this has been Darren DeVries with the Drake Bulldogs. All right, Valley fans, we are here with head coach Dana Ford of the Missouri State Bears. All right, and we've been doing this fun question with some of the coaches. So it's a hypothetical head coach two-versus-two basketball tournament. Okay. Who are you drafting number one from the head coaching pool in the Missouri Valley to be on your team? Oh, wow. Yeah. Can I draft myself? You're, no, on, you're the on the team. team. Oh, oh, you're on the team. Oh, okay. You're on the team to be your partner oh, wow. in the two-versus-two. Two-versus-two. Let me see who was on the league first. Um, I guess maybe... Would have been a good player. Uh, oh, I'm going to go with uh, Brian from Southern. He was good. <laughs> Me and him, we can guard people. No one would score on yeah, that. No one's no no one scoring, score but on that team. no one's yeah. scoring on either team. <laughs> zero to zero. <laughs> well, Coach, thank you so Coach Dana Ford uh, from Missouri State, thank you so much and have a great season. Thanks. All right, Valley fans, we're here at Media Day with head coach of the Bradley Braves, Brian Wardle. Who is your first draft pick to join you in a two-versus-two um, basketball tournament? That is a tremendous question. Um, I would say B. Mullins because uh, I'll shoot all the balls. Like, Lodic, Lodic and I would, wouldn't click because we both want to shoot the whole time. <laughs> Not enough balls to go around. Yeah, and we, we don't like the guard either. Um, I would need... I would need B. Mullins because he can guard and, and give me some open shots because I'm slow now and I'm older. And then, shoot, I might be one of the older coaches now in the league. This is crazy, but um, probably B. Mullins, yeah. Or Dana, or Dana. Dana Dana can help me out too, I'm sure. All right, Valley fans, this has been head coach um, Brian Wardle of the Bradley Braves. Thanks. Head coach Matt Loddick of the Valparaiso Beacon. All right, so we've been asking uh, some of the head coaches this question. So it's a fictional two-versus-two head coaching basketball tournament. So you're playing, and you're drafting another Missouri Valley head coach. Who's going to be your teammate in that tournament? Well, let's see here. So I like to shoot, right, um, and I like to score. Um, so I probably need someone that can defend, can rebound. Coach Mullins, well, he's, he might be up there. Coach Ford, uh, for sure. Coach Jacobson, uh, yeah. Um, I think Wardle plays a little bit like me, um, so can't even though Wardle, you know, I know, and, and I grew up watching, you know, Brian, man, I had a lot of respect for him, but um, probably too similar in that regard. So I'm gonna go, Coach Mullins. All right, um, so it's hilarious you said that. We actually asked Coach Wardle, and he gave the exact same answer as you: <laughs> is that we are too much alike. Um, there's not enough balls that would have gone around. Um, that not enough shooting uh, for both of your likings just due to your game. So started laughing as soon as you uh, went down that frame. But thanks for spending some time with us, Coach. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right, Valley fans, this has been the preseason episode where we cover the Indiana State Sycamores, Missouri State Bears, and the Bradley Braves. 
in this preseason uh, episode before the 22-23 Missouri Valley season gets underway. Uh, Bre- uh, Baker, where can people find us? Yeah, you guys can find us on Twitter at MarchArchPod, at MarchArchBaker. Uh, hey, I want to pose this out to you Valley fans out there who uh, who listen to the show and um, been keeping up with these uh, previews. We are going to be releasing our full preview here in a couple weeks where we talk about all – um, our, where we rank all the teams, our you know our first, second, third team, coach of the year, player of the year projections for the year. Uh, but we want to hear from you guys as well. So um, we we're, I, we're planning on maybe reading some of these on the air. So if you guys want to send those to us, it is marcharchmailbag at gmail.com. Just send this to us uh, with the subject line preseason preview, and uh, you might hear yours read on the air. If you have any thoughts or hot takes about the season, we'd love to hear them as well. So um, with that, looking forward to next week, fans. And I'll say go Valley. Start talking about the Valley. Why not?